And we are live with another episode of Lead Off Talk. This time with myself and Gabe. Gabe, how's it going, buddy? It's going really good. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. So, we are going to recap a lot of the free agents, uh, free agency stuff that's been absolutely wild. Uh, we'll obviously talk about Josh Bell. We'll get your thoughts on Josh Bell signing with our Cleveland Guardians. But first, shout out to newly Hall of Fame player Fred McGriff. Yes, I feel like we we should have we should give him, you know, a, a a quick moment and say congratulations. You know, the crime dog. Um, I was looking at his stats. He played nineteen seasons, and then he played. So he played five. What it was here? Five with the Tampa Bay Ray, Devil Rays at the time. Five with Atlanta, five with Toronto. So that's kind of weird, like a Hall of Fame player playing like five years with three different teams. Yeah. And then three years with the Padres, two years with the Cubs late in his career, and then one year with the Dodgers. But I mean, I, I just kind of wanted to shout him out. Uh, 493 home runs, um, almost 2,500 hits. Career batting average, and I know batting what people say about batting average and whatnot, but like, you know, a slash line of 284, 377, 509 for an uh, OPS of uh, 886 for his career. So uh, it's kind of awesome. Yeah. In my opinion. He deserved that too. Yeah. Hell I yeah. Think long overdue. Yeah. And I think he's like one of the only players that like wasn't linked to steroids that hasn't been like he hit the most amount of home runs and wasn't in the Hall of Fame already. So Right. Um, yeah, good for him. I'm happy yeah. for him. No, yeah, I you know, wholeheartedly agree. So shout out to Fred McGriff as as we start this uh this podcast off. And then, you know, we'll talk about in a future episode when we do our ballots and whatnot, like, you know, Bonds and all those guys not getting in, especially through the veteran committee, because that's how Fred McGriff was um, ultimately, you know, put into the Hall of Fame. And we'll talk about that at a later date, but because this episode is just kind of recapping the madness that was the winter meetings, winter meetings. and MLB free agency. So, uh, where would you like to begin, there, Gabe? I'll let you kind of dictate I mean, where this goes. Yeah. I mean, you got to talk to Grom first, right? Yeah. That was the, yeah. That was the big one, the big first domino, I think, that fell. Oh, I guess Turner. Turner fell and then him. Yeah, DeGrom going to Texas uh, on a five-year, $185 million deal, which goes out to, what, $37 million, uh average annual salary. You know, for somebody who was, you know, kind of banged up the last couple of years, but, I mean – we all know how great Jacob DeGrom is. Um, right. But yeah, a little, I guess a little surprising that, you know, I mean, it's funny because we kind of predicted it, right? Like we said, like Texas needs pitching. They want pitching. They have, you know, people money. bucks to spend. Yeah, <laughs> the money to spend. You know, Jacob DeGrom is a pretty obvious fit. And, you know, they were linked to Kershaw last year. Uh, so how, what do you, what do you think about that move? Just quickly. I mean, I, I like it a lot. Um, 
I mean, I think whenever you can add a guy like David Rom, you got to like it. Obviously, the injury concerns are always just there. So, I mean, the thing about – I saw a thing about uh, – a quote about it, and I hate – I'm going to bring up another guy that's signed too, and Verlander don't go into the Mets. And somebody said Verlander, Verlander and uh, Mad Max being pretty old now for a pitcher. Mm-hmm. And Jacob DeGrom getting a five-year deal, I'm more concerned about DeGrom than I am Mad Max and Verlander. I'm like, wow, that is true. I am more concerned about DeGrom than those two guys. And, I mean, DeGrom is just special, though. He's And you, you hope he doesn't get hurt, and you hope Texas contends in that division, but that division's also, you never know, because Houston's going to be Houston. And the Angels could always be good, but they never are. And then you have Texas, who's going to spend all the money. I mean, the last two off-seasons, they've spent a shit ton of money. Um, the Mariners, I mean, what, what, up and coming. So it's just, that's wild. That whole division now. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny. The the team that spent the most the last, you know, handful of years are still the, like the third best team in that division. Like yeah. they're not even, you know, guaranteed for, for a, a wild card spot, especially when you have like the ALE still, I mean, judge going back to the Yankees, you know, keeps them, you know, where they are, you know, near the top, if not the top. And then, you know, you still have Toronto, you still have the Rays, who are always really good. So yeah, it's 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 crazy that even the Degrom move doesn't fully move like the needle. move the needle exactly. That that was literally what I was gonna say. You know, <laughs> move the needle in 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 uh, in the the Rangers like direction. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think that a team with uh, Seager, um, I can't think of the second baseman. Oh, come on. Oh, um, no, Simeon? Yes, yeah, yeah, Simeon. Uh, Simeon and now DeGrom. And then you have a team like Trout and Otani are going to be fighting for third place. That's crazy. Yeah, and with the Rangers, I mean, they still have they have some good young players. Like Nathaniel Lowe, I absolutely love. Yeah, he had uh, a great was, season last year. Adolis Garcia's a stud. Yeah. Uh, uh, the the center fielder, the switch hitting center fielder. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, I can't. Even, I can't even think of. I can't think. I literally had the name in my head, and I just, just went. Is it Garcia? Did he play center? No. Well, he right? plays some out. He plays some outfield, but uh, um, I can't even think of his name. But he's fast. He's he's like a, he's a switch hitter. Oh, it's gonna kill me. But he's good. Jonah Heim is good. Uh, Josh Jung, who probably their third baseman going into next year. Uh, the, I like their team, but really, what's their weakest? It, it was pitching. They get J- Jacob Degrom. I think they're number two. I mean, Mart, uh, Martin Perez is back. Uh, I think they signed. Did they sign Andrew Heaney? If I remember correctly, I could. I could yes, but Heaney, yes, and then they signed John Gray last year. Were you, you thinking know? of Chavarez? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Tavares. Gotcha. Yeah. Tavares, yeah, gotcha. Really, their issue is is their bullpen. Like, I just don't trust their bullpen. Right. And the bullpens are funny, too, because you never know with them. Mm-hmm. Like, they're so hit and miss bullpens. They could have the best bullpen in the league next year. <laughs> you yeah, never they, know with bullpens. Yeah, you, you really do never know. <laughs> so then, kind of going from, you know, DeGrom to, okay, the Mets have a whole at starting pitcher. They go out and they get, like you said, Justin Verlander. I mean, uh, a, a two-year, eighty-six million dollar deal, forty-three million 
43.3 million per year. Yeah, these contracts are kind of hilarious that that all this this, this is what I'll ask you. Judge Aaron Judge gets 9 years, 360 million. So that's 40 million uh per year. Why do you think starting pitching is getting way more money per year than a player and a position player who is in the lineup every single game and could potentially contribute more rather than, you know, Verlander getting like $1.1 million per every start. If he hits the, the air, like at most 32 starts uh, a year. Right. I mean, honestly, I can't tell you why, <laughs> because it's, I mean, I guess if you have a top of line pitcher, those pitchers go what seven innings. You hope. You would I hope. guess most you. I I think most ones, except for like maybe the Rays, they want their pitchers to go seven innings, especially when you go to the the best one in the rotation. But it it is crazy to think about that. Like Aaron Judge has had one of the best seasons of all time with cheating baseballs, but that's beyond that. Um, and then you have that he can't even he, he's not even getting close to the money. Now you think about it, that Verlander guy. And this is that Verlander got the money, and I thought he could have got more. I mean, he's so yeah, it's it's especially at 40 I, years old, too. Yeah, that's a he's so good. So good. And he's so consistently good. And doesn't get hurt at 40. At 40, I was like, that's a good contract. I was like, ah, it's insane. Cause really the the one thing you're always scared about is Tommy John, but he just had that. And he, we just seen that he can recover like we just saw he right. could recover Came from that and everything so really the only thing you're you're guarding against is you know maybe um like a shoulder issue but well, yeah dead arm i think the only thing you, yeah. you're afraid of honestly but it, but him not pitching for basically two years he helped looked him. pretty i mean he looked pretty damn good all year yeah you could you could have said it helped him maybe yeah and we have his body more yeah, exactly, exactly. So Verlander going to the Mets, they have Scherzer and Verlander now, and they'll still probably not make it out of the wild card round. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Play World I mean, Series pick every year, buddy. Oh, you know. <laughs> I also pick the when Browns to be good. Time. I always pick the Browns <laughs> to be good every year and win every That's week, so. <laughs> so. It's okay. That's fair. Um, But Aaron Judge... Man, what a what a weird twenty four hours. Yeah, Aaron John J- Heyman said delete his Twitter. Our arson judge yeah. uh was was a giant for a day. <laughs> there was reports yeah. that that even giant players were like expecting him to, to come to uh San Francisco. And then next thing you know, boom, back to the Yanks on a nine year Three hundred and sixty million dollar deal. I mean, he deserves it. I hate the Yankees got him back, but hey, if the Yankees gonna get anybody, I, I, I'm happy they got the guy that uh, can't get a hit against the tribe. So that is nice. Man, you're just a hater, man. I know, dude. I am. I'm sorry. Also, can we? He. So we. It was the Giants and the Yankees down the like that crazy day happened. The next day, signs the Yankees. Can we talk about the Padres? Just were they off four ten? 
Yeah, for, yeah, over four hundred million for ten years. Yeah. Gee, where are they getting this money? They offer Turner what like four hundred or like three sixty or something like that. The same. Yeah, as and he was like, "No." Nah. He was like, no. "Yeah." <laughs> and then yeah, no, no, th- there was some speculation that it was because they drafted him and then traded him. Yeah. To Washington, um, I think we talked about this at a on an episode before. Jake Pow- Jake Bowers was in that trade, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to San Diego was Will Myers. Like he was like the mainstay of that of that deal. But yeah, that is crazy. But yeah, and then okay, you miss out on Trey Turner. You miss out on Aaron Judge. Now the Judge thing, I, I think it always made sense for San Diego. They they had a giant hole in their outfield. Um, yeah. But hey, now Fernando Tatis. Better get your outfield glove, because uh, <laughs> Xander Bogarts is is your new shortstop in in San Diego, which is just insane. Yeah. That was so weird. That was in. What was weird about that is I followed a lot of I followed a lot of Red Sox fans, and like they were full on panic mode. They're like they're <laughs> they're gonna lose out on Bogarts, like they did John Lester. They're gonna. You know, fumbled a bag like they did with with Mookie Betts, and they couldn't like how they couldn't get a deal going with him, and then ended up trading him. Uh, I can't think. There's there's a couple other players who who were like that, but they're like. I mean, they, when when the GM got there, he had Mookie Betts, Andrew Benatendi. Benatendi um, was another one. Yep. There was um who's who's who oh uh, Bogarts, uh there was one more, and then um Devers. The only one left now is Devers. And yep. he might not be back from every time here, and that they don't have, they're not even close to a deal. Which is it's again like another just, and I know I keep repeating it, but it's just another insane thing to even think about that the Boston Red Sox, who are paying Trevor Story pretty good money, like they're not a, they're not a poor organization, like ownership wise. No. That they're not even keep like they're not keeping their own players, like they've had great great players like Mookie Betts is a Hall of Fame player, you know John Lester's, I mean he was really good for a long time and Xander Bogarts was basically their captain, and right. they just let him walk, and for for what it was you know annually it was like five million more than he was making this year. Yeah. They just didn't want to give him the extra years, which San Diego said, we'll give it to you. And I, I believe that – I know he has an opt-out in San Diego after this season. And I think he has another one too, but I know for sure he has one after this season. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, yeah. crazy. And it's crazy knowing that you can make that money than just opt out too. And in and, and San Diego, it's crazy too because you think about it, Manny has an opt-out after this year. Manny has, So they yeah. can lose their shortstop and third baseman after the season They if they came down to it. And if you see, and if you're Manny Machado at 31 years old, and you see Xander Bogarts at 30 getting an 11 year contract, and Aaron Judge getting a nine year contract, and Turner getting a 11 year contract, why yeah. not opt out at that point and just see what's what's going on? Because you know the Padres are just going to overspend to keep you anyway. Once you have right. the open or market. somebody's going to at least. I mean. He, the, you could make a claim that he was the best third baseman in baseball last year. Yeah, yeah, throughout the entire year, absolutely. Yeah, the Trey Turner thing is 
is really interesting to me because he'll be, I think, almost 30 at the beginning of the year, 11 years for a guy who his entire game is speed. Yeah. Yep. And it's just always kind of, it'll just be really interesting because he's, he's a, he's a good hitter, but a lot of it is be like, it's his value is defensively. He's like, I think he's average or just like slightly above average. But his game is, you know, doubles, triples, stolen bases, you know, wreaking havoc on the bases. And to give a contract, uh, you know, a contract of 11 years to a guy that, you know, does a lot with his legs on the base pass and, you know, when, you know, hitting for like extra base hits and stuff. Um, I just wonder, I just wonder about that contract. <laughs> and yeah, I love Trey Turner. Yeah. No, that's the thing. I like Turner too, and I think that Turner one's the one that, like, out of all the contracts, you can be like, make sense and all that. And he deserves the money. Don't get me wrong, but like, you don't see guys like him get that many years at that age. Just because, like, the thing that always translates when you get older, I feel like for these players, it's power. Am I right? You know what I mean? And then you can move him around. Like, he's a shortstop who relies on speed and contact. When he's 37, 30, even thirty-six, you know what I mean, in six years. He might not have the speed he has now. He's not going to have the power. I mean, unless he develops it, in which he easily could. But like, that's not what he's known for. So that that deal does uh, yeah, that that's a question mark. Not not the money, not anything like that. Just the the years he's getting. Because really, if by age thirty four, the Phillies could be like, man, he went from being our star shortstop to we got to move him to second base, right. Know. And is the value there at $27 million per year if he's just your second baseman? And he goes from stealing 35 to 40 bases, let's just say hypothetically, to 20. Yeah. Or, oh, he, you know, he hurts his knee for a year and he just isn't the same. Is he going to be able to hit, continue to hit for a high average like he was the past, you know, handful of years? I don't know, man. It's uh, it's definitely something to keep an eye out for. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not blaming them for getting the money. He deserves it. It's just the years, but it's gonna be interesting. I think it's gonna, like I said, like you said, four or five years, we're gonna be looking at it. Like, I wonder how that's gonna work out for them now. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, other notable. So we talked Bogarts, Degrom. We talked Edwin Diaz last time. Oh, Wilson Contreras, a five year. Deal with the St. Louis Cardinals, replacing Yadi Molita, five years, eighty-seven point five million, uh, seventeen and a half million dollars per year. Uh, I like that a lot for them. It seems like they are out of the Sean. Well, not seems like they are out of the Sean Murphy sweepstakes. Uh, I don't know if you read, but it seemed like it was a pretty pricey. Um, oh yeah, you know whatever. The uh the A's wanted from the Cardinals. They wanted like Lars Newbar, uh, uh Brendan Brendan Donovan, Donovan. yeah, um, a little pitcher, yeah, pitcher, which is like the equivalent of like Stephen Kwan or Oscar Gonzalez and or Rokio and you know one of the top three pitchers who it seems like Cleveland, especially in this market, uh, because we'll talk about some of the starting pitchers that got fucking paid, um. 
it's it's the equivalent of Quan and Jimenez and then our uh, prospect. That's what it honestly is. If you look at just war, like and all that, it would be Quan, Jimenez, and a prospect. And we're not doing that. No. Ever. No, absolutely not. Absolutely. So I mean, but the, I think the one good thing maybe is that the price would come down for us now a little bit with more teams dropping, but you never know with Oakland. So I wouldn't hold it to it. But but back to what you said about the Cardinals. I mean, this that's a I love that move for him. Not just because it gets a guy out of the murky trade for us, but I mean losing Molina just defensively. I know he didn't hit the way you want him to hit maybe the past couple of years, but like defensively you get that guy back in Jerez and then you get a hitter also. I love that move for them. And he knows all the pitching from yes. being in that division for so long. You know, you don't have to change the leagues. I'm sure he's familiar with a lot of the, the pitcher the pitchers just from going up against them for so much for so long. So I mean it's it was an easy I mean when when you looked Wilson Contreras I think it was pretty obvious it was either Houston or St. Louis if he, yeah. if he wasn't going and, back to Chicago. so Right. And talk about fumbling the bag with Chicago. They don't trade him, don't nope. resign him, and then he goes to their rival. Like, what? Ugh. And really, all like, they yeah, get is a comp pick next year Yeah, because of the qualifying Which, offer. They could have got some players way better than that, but go ahead. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I, I don't <laughs> understand. The same thing happened with the Rockies and Trevor Story. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then they gave, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Then they <laughs> gave Chris Bryant a bunch of money. Yeah. So stupid. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, Tyron Walker going to the Phillies, four years, $72 million, $18 million per year. That, that sounds about right. I mean, yeah. the market's extremely inflated for starting pitching right now. But that, again, he's that, been pretty good. Yeah. And that feels right. Um, in my opinion, I think John Gray got like the exact same number last year. Yeah. And I see them as kind of like both the same type of value. Yep. Uh, Jameson Tyone, four years, $68 million, $17 million, uh, f- to the Cubs. That one, I just, I'll be honest, I don't understand that. I just didn't think he, I think he Dude, had he like had a good such month. such a high market too. Yeah, me. he had a good month, in my opinion. Yep. For the Yankees, and then, I don't know, I, I just didn't really like that deal. But anyway. No, I didn't like that either. Uh, Mitch Hanniger going to San Francisco, three years, $43 million. Uh, that sounds about right for him, especially when he's yeah. healthy. And and I like Hanniger. And it kind of sucks that, like, it would have been kind of cool to see an outfield of, like, Hanniger, Judge, Jock, but oh well. Yeah. Uh, did we talk Zach Eflin the last time for Tampa Bay? Tampa Bay we did not, but highest, paid million, highest paid <laughs> free agent ever for them at $40 million. Good Congrats. for him. I didn't, yeah. th- I didn't think it would be him, but good for him. <laughs> Yeah, really a kind of a finesse starting pitcher who ended up being yeah. – wasn't he the closer last year in the playoffs and stuff for Philly? I believe he was clo- – yeah. So, yeah. shout out to him getting getting uh, getting his uh, – let's kind of go to uh, – Kenley Jansen to Boston, two years, $32 million at 35 years old. I mean, I feel like that could either work out really good or – just awful for them. So yeah, that's gonna be the biggest boomer bust. One of the biggest ones. Uh, Jose Quintana going to the Mets, two years, twenty six million. Uh, yes, Andrew Heaney, two years, twenty five million. Uh, Cody Bellinger, one year, seventeen and a half million for the to the Cubs. 
it, it's a lot of money for the guy, but also the potential is there. So it could be a really good signing. You just never know with how bad he's been the last two years. Uh, Chris Martin, another relief pitcher, uh, to Boston, two years, seventeen and a half million. Uh, Match Drum goes to the Phillies, two years, fifteen million. Um, Alesmus Diaz, the shortstop, going to Oakland. Wow, Oakland actually making a move. Uh, yeah. I kind of missed that. Two years, fourteen and a half million. Um, and I think yeah, I think we talked Clevenger and. And then the Japanese player, I don't know his name, went to Boston oh, for yeah, five years. Oh, yeah, that's that's which, it. which I I don't know a lot about him, so I'm not gonna be like I do. But executive execs around the league said that they thought he was worth half that. So who knows? Like I said, I don't know. But again, it just kind of shows. It kind of just shows again, Boston. What are you doing, man? Yeah. You're gonna let Bogarts go, but you're gonna sign an unknown from Japan who's 29 years old. Yeah, you're gonna sign Trevor Story when you have a shortstop already. Oh, it's so <laughs> Right, and the funny thing is, I heard they might not play shortstop this year. I heard they like Christian Arroyo there. Oh, yeah, Arroyo. Yeah, that's uh... which is crazy to me, but whatever. It's Boston; they can do what they want. Yeah, hey, whatever. Exactly. <laughs> So uh, we kind of talked through all that. Um, I think it's time to talk about our Cleveland Guardians signing <laughs> first baseman slash DH, Josh Bell, 2019 All-Star. Uh, he actually did win the, the Silver Slugger last year. I think I misspoke in, in the instant reaction because I, I said he won the Silver Slugger, and I was like, wait, no, he didn't because Paul Goldschmidt won at first base. Uh, I was wrong. He won it as the DH in the National yeah. League last year. Yep. Yeah. So, Silver Slugger. Josh I Bell. love it. I First love baseman. I love the signing so much for so many reasons. And you covered a lot of them in the pod, which also, thank you for doing that. It was great. Um, but he did such – he's so good, in my opinion, for this team for multiple reasons. And I know people are going to be like, well, he's a home run hitter, but he really doesn't have the power to show for it. He will. Also, um, in our ballpark, will help him a lot. And the fact that he hits for power, he has the pop in his bat, and his strikeout rate is only like, I think, 14 or 15%, yep. which would be like fourth or fifth best in this team. He walks a lot, gets on base, oh, he plays pretty good defense, better than I've heard. Um, will catch the ball at first base, so hallelujah. But, um, and there's no shift for anymore. Like, he's, it's going to be – I'm so excited for him to be on this. And like I said, if we get a catcher, even more, but who knows what's going on with that. Just Josh Ball on this team is going to make this team so much better, in my opinion. The the no-shift Even factors, if it's only for one year. Yeah, the no-shift factor is going to be interesting for a lot of a lot of these players. Um, I don't know if I said it. Yeah, J-Ram, I remember, Yeah, I can't remember if I – if it made – the podcast or not because I like I half recorded the instant reaction like three different times because like just you know thoughts would just hit my head and then I was just stuck yeah exactly um because immediate my immediate thought is the shift at least for the cup first like two months I think hitting is gonna be a lot better than it was but then I think around like end of June, the All Star break, and then 
like around the training deadline, I think teams will figure out how to pitch a lot of these heavy shift guys or will maybe even, you know, pull their left fielder to play shallow right or something crazy like that. Oh, yeah, they'll figure to, something out. Yeah, just to kind of, you know, negate the the lack of a shift. Um, and then we'll probably see averages go up a little bit more. Like, like just overall, they'll, they'll be higher than they were. But it might not be like the the crazy drastic, uh, like change that maybe we all wanted. Because I feel like right. just pitching is just so smart nowadays that they're going to be able to to really, you know, adjust. In my opinion, like fairly quickly, um, for yeah, for whatever it's worth. yeah, I agree. And then also the nice thing when you're talking about that is that I saw like I was watching highlight tapes of Belk. That's what I do when we get somebody or we're talking about them, mm-hmm. and I seen him hit like. In the highlight tape I watched, it was like two minutes. He had like four home runs opposite field, and they like he swung that way. Like it was like legit power opposite field, which is also nice to see. Like he isn't just trying to pull every ball with a lot of these power guys, big, big bad guys. And isn't it nice to say, hey, we could use a guy like that and we go ahead and get him? Isn't it yes. kind of nice? And it's nice because we worked the market the way we wanted to, too. Yeah, we let it settle with the two first guys signing, and then we're like, okay, let's go get our guy now. I think that I honestly think the plan always was to go after Brayu, but I think they knew they weren't going to be able to afford him, or they wasn't going to come. If they didn't get him, then they had a backup ready, and I think that was Bell the whole time, in my opinion. I think it was always a Brayu than Bell. Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at his baseball savant page, it just screams Cleveland Guardians right now. It yeah. screams. Another Carlos Santana esque type mm-hmm. player, and that's yeah. I mean that's if you're if you're expecting thirty five home runs like he did in twenty nineteen, don't it's not gonna happen. But I would expect twenty to twenty five. I'd expect some doubles, but expect him to just always be on base and still just be a presence in that lineup going right. forward. Which right. I that that's really what they need, especially against left-handed pitching. Like that te- that that team was so abysmal against left-handed pitching last year. Yes, and yeah, and and the thing, like you said, he can hit twenty to twenty-five home runs, and that's I'll be happy with that. But there's also he has the possibility that he can hit way more than that. I'm not expecting it, but he has the possibility of doing it, just because of the way he is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I'm not expecting it. But like, oh, I'm okay. I was excited last year. I'm going to excite it again. This team so young, so good. <laughs> and and it's just, it's making me happy. The thing is, and we haven't even got a catcher yet, technically. Yep. Nope. We we have not. And I think kind of going back and one more point on Josh Bell, at worst, it's a two-year deal. And yeah. that's okay. If he, but, maybe he underperforms a little bit this year and he opts in, you shouldn't be too discouraged because his, his on-base percentage is still going to be, you know, three, 30, 340 ish. Uh he'll still like it like we said, he'll still hit for occasional power. And at worst his like, you know, if you want to have batting averages and, and stuff, he's like a two sixty career hitter. So yep. he'll mm-hmm. be a higher batting average, uh, Carlos Santana. Because Santana really I mean at best he I think one year he hit like two seventy, but that was like one year if I remember offhand, usually it was like 230, 240, but it was like, hey, he walked 100 times. Well, 
Josh Bell actually, you know, puts the bat on the ball a little bit more than Santana did. So, well, at least in play and, and got a base. So, right, right. But yeah, I'm excited too. And uh, just quickly, what uh, you hit him fourth? Yeah, I'm gonna lay up. Yeah, I think I think it all depends on where they put um Jimenez and Rosario, what they do with them. But I would put him fourth as of right now. Did you did you hear my thoughts on a potential lineup of Hiquan hit Jose second, Jimenez third, Josh Bell four, Gonzalez fifth, Naylor sixth, and then your catcher seventh, Rosario eighth, and then Straw ninth. Yeah, I actually loved your lineup. My whole thing is I think Tito feels comfortable with a man at second. Man yeah, second. I think so too. But I think it'd be but also nice there's a, there's still a chance and I've I no never mind. I'm not even gonna say it yet, but there's the chance that a, a med might gotta be on this team. I've been hearing a lot of things. You never know. But as of right now, I oh, think you're comfortable with a second. But yeah. And before we wrap up this podcast, we'll talk about the catching position for the Cleveland Guardians. So we talked a little bit about Sean Murphy. Did, like, what is Oakland doing? Just, if you're going to trade him, trade him. Like, you're going to get a decent amount of prospects back anyway. You have Shane Langoliers, who you got as the main guy for uh, Matt Olson last year from the Braves. Like, I, I just don't understand. Like... Cleveland will just go out and sign a Mike Zanino or a Christian Vasquez for like a one year deal. Or even go get a Alejandro Kirk. Yep. You, you know, it's not like they're just it's not like it's Sean Murphy or Bust. Like fans will think that way. But I wouldn't give up that much for Sean Murphy. No. Like, I don't want to give up yeah. any major league talent really for, for Sean Murphy. I don't I don't want to give up any of those starting pitchers. No. But, I, I mean, I'd, big, I'd yeah. give up Rocchio. I'd give up Valera. He but, I don't think Cleveland wants to do that. I don't – from what it seems like, you know, uh, from what I think, like, Zach Miles has been talking about, yeah, it seems like Cleveland doesn't want to give up Valera either. So, it's just a bunch of middle infield for, guys. Yeah, I think Cleveland's, like, looking back – looking like looking at it like this. Like, we're really the only team that can give you the prospects you want. You know what I mean? Even the ones we don't want to give you, we can give you other ones that are still really good. And at the other day, let's say they don't give us Murphy. We're like, you know, let's talk to the deadline. Cleveland's like, okay, we probably won't be ready for the deadline because at that point, Bo Naylor could be ready. Mm-hmm. And then you guys are screwed. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think Cleveland's sitting there like, you take what we want. And I think they're the, they are throwing a major league player in there. Um, Cleveland is. I don't, it's not Quan. It's not Jimenez. None of those guys. Uh, it would probably be like in. a Will Brennan or not, or maybe Will Brennan, but Will Benson, maybe Tyler Freeman, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think that's one guy that could get thrown in, depending on the deal. And I know it's going to hurt some fans' feelings. And I understand all that. And I love him too. But I think the one guy that could get thrown in, if it comes down to it, is Gonzalez. Um, Just because of the depth we have in outfield. I'm not saying they're going to, but I think he's the one guy that could. Like higher up, I think Brennan and yeah. Brent Benson are still there too. Yeah, potentially. Just yeah, because could... you, just because you have Valera, who's could be up like Naylor halfway through the season, or even closer to be honest. Um, but yeah, I think Cleveland's just sitting there saying, "Okay, we'll call your bluff. Don't trade it to us. Hold on to him. Like, don't play your your prospect that you want to get a bat for. 
that you already called up. So his clock's running. You know what I mean? Like, what what's mm-hmm. the plan for you guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think Cleveland's just like, we'll sit here and wait. Because this really comes down to like them in Tampa. Yeah. So well, the thing is, once we sign one of these catchers, they're fucked. Okay. I, I, I would agree. Even if it is a, you know, Mike Zanino for one year or like a two year deal for Christian Vasquez, like, like their quality catchers, like starting catchers, you know, year in, year out anyway, you know, right. Like Sean Murphy is probably is the best on the market right now. Like you can make the argument he's better than Contreras because he's younger and you know stuff like that. But yeah, I just, I, I just don't understand, but maybe, and, and here's the kind of like the factor um, that I heard a couple people talk about the rule five draft was, was yesterday. And because of that, not many people wanted, not many teams wanted to make trades until after the Rule 5 draft. Because, like, oh, if they didn't want to, you know, if they couldn't take somebody or maybe this guy get got drafted or, or whatever, they could, you know, add those types of players to um, a potential trade. So, you know, maybe, maybe that's why. Maybe we'll see a trade uh, over the weekend. Who knows? But it's like Oakland, like, Come on. I know the off season is so long, but like can you just can you just make a decision, yes or no, and so we could all just collectively move on? Right. And like I said, I think at the end of the day, if they wait too long, they're gonna screw themselves over, yep. in my opinion. Yep. I I would agree. Uh just quickly, um what do you think ends up happening? Who's a catcher? Go. Murphy. Okay. Right. I think they get him, but you never know. All right, well, you, Murphy. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? That'd be cool. <laughs> All right, well, uh, you want to shout out the Twitter and whatnot? I think this is a nice little episode. Yes, uh, you can follow me at Yana's Gabe, Y-N-E-Z-G-A-B-E-1-3, and then follow the podcast at Lead Off Talk. That is L-E-A-D-O-F-F-T-A-L-K. And you know where to follow me at, so. As always, friends, take it easy, and we'll see you in the next episode.